Greetings and welcome to another session of Speaking Through My World. As always, I speak on topics that are very close to my heart and close to my three passions, which is women, Africa and the arts. This session, I want to focus on rape culture and why it is so difficult for victims or survivors to speak out and actually get justice for the crimes that have happened to them. I'm going to focus on the DJ Euphonic and DJ Fresh case because, uh, excuse the pun, but that's what's fresh at the moment in South Africa. And there have been many, many allegations against these two DJs in the past. And uh, I'm going to focus on that because I want to give examples of how power and, and, and fear uh, can easily govern these type of situations. And the use of power, and as we know, abuse is about power. And the focus on, especially if the alleged perpetrators are public figures, politicians, and wealthy, high-profile people, how easy it is for them to, to control narratives, how easy it is for them to intimidate and, and instill fear in people, and then also galvanize support from other people, including the press. So one of the things that, that people always say when, when, when one wants to speak out against abuse, and, and especially if it's happened after a long time, the first level of questioning is, well, why did you take so long to speak out? Educate yourselves, because as we know, and you could read up about, on this in many publications, many books, many narratives, uh, podcasts, vlogs from, from psychologists, social workers across the board, is that trauma has different effects on everybody. In some cases, people would scream and shout and be able to get, a, get away. In some cases, the trauma is so severe that your body freezes, that your mind freezes, that you want to remove yourself from that situation. And it's not for us to question what we go through during that, question, during that time, and it certainly is not for us to question why somebody takes so long to speak out against abuse. The other main factor is that the treatment that one receives at, at our police stations, and granted not all police stations and not all police personnel operate in this way, but over my experience, personal uh, experience of, of, of accompanying victims and survivors to police stations, that a lot of these, this behavior is very, very common. So one of the common traits, and it's going back to the questioning, is, well, why are you opening up the case now? Then it's the undermining and the gaslighting. Uh, well, what, what were you doing there at that time? Why did you get drunk? He's your husband. There's no way you can rape you. All of these things is other forms of gaslighting and undermining you and secondary victimization. And it's not the police's job to be doing so. Then if it's a high-profile person, it's trying to intimidate you and put fear into your, into your mind about saying, well, you know, you probably won't win the case because of who they are, or the case will take a long time, or 
We don't know the exact location, so a docket like this will linger. Nobody will want to take it on. All of these things and these, these attitudes and comments and problems are very, very real and they're happening in our police station. Then if the case does get opened, always remember to photograph it, photograph the person that took it so that you have proof because too many dockets have gone missing. And that is a fact. The other, other area where, where police trying to, to not open up a case, and this has been used for, even with myself, is that, well, the crime didn't happen in this province, we can't do anything about it. Rubbish. If a crime happened in Nelspreet and you want to open up a case and you're in Cape Town, you have every right to. SA police then have to take the docket and send it through to the place where the crime took place and then send you your, your, your case number. That is another excuse that they're using to getting around and not opening cases. Because remember, if they don't open too many cases, that means the so-called stats are then kept low. So what I'm saying is that the stats in South Africa, in my opinion, aren't 100% accurate because they're based on cases that have been opened. So if there aren't that many cases being opened, that means the levels and the rates aren't that high. We need to change that. Going back to, to the two public figures, DJ Euphonic and Fresh, uh, unfortunately, uh, the NPA didn't find enough evidence to, 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 take the court, to, to, to take the case to trial. But that doesn't mean that they're innocent. The NPA based it on the evidence that the police gave in. So as we know, it took the police just under three weeks to gather the so-called evidence. They at first didn't want to open up the case. Um, they leaked information to, to the public, to, to the press. They leaked personal information, <coughs> such as the docket, which contained the contact details of, of the victim survivor, um, which is illegal. And that is all, already creating other problems because not only is one dealing with the trauma of the case, and the, and the trauma of, of, of the crime, it's now wondering, well, who has access to that information? So with all of this happening, are we sure that the police gathered enough evidence to prove that this case can go to trial? Makes us wonder. Then, the two alleged perpetrators went on to this whole PR campaign, and we know that they have access to PR and resources and making um, infactual comments about the character of the, vi of, the, of the victim survivor, such as, and I quote this, DJ Fresh even said, I spoke to one of her aunts and she, and she, she, she agreed that she's a, a pathological liar. The family then came out and said that nobody has spoken to him and whoever he spoke to, he needs to present a name of this person. To this day, the name have, hasn't been presented. The family put their family name on the press release, yet certain press were calling through, um, verifying, which is understandable, verifying if the press release is legit. But what, what I find very strange is that they didn't refer to the family with the correct name. They used another surname. So have you really done your research into this or are you just glossing over it? 
than an example of how our press and how society support and protect perpetrators. Very few news outlets spoke about that, spoke about the, the press release debunking what D DJ Fresh said. This last weekend, DJ Euphonic put out a post, which is a supposed WhatsApp message from, from the victim survivor, stating that she, she apologizes, and, and I'm paraphrasing and so forth. Well, investigations went in to, to prove that that WhatsApp message was fabricated. And what's even more worrying, but also just speaks to, to, to his character, is that he deliberately put out her contact details and her picture. So all of these different things that these guys have been doing are different forms of gaslighting, different forms of intimidation, trying to instill fear into the victim, in, into, in, into, into the survivor. Sunday World printed an article not verifying the WhatsApp, printed an article in favor of the perpetrators making it out to believe that she lied. So, number one question. When you ask why doesn't somebody speak out, why don't they open up a case? Here are just examples and this is, these are not isolated incidents. These are happen on a regular basis. Abuse is about power. If they have access to PR, if they have access to press, if they have access to control, we know the entertainment industry is run by men. It's run through patriarchal ideologies. Yes, we have female production houses. We have so-called female women's groups in, in, within the industry. But if their ideology and their way of thinking is through a patriarchal lens, do they really have our interests at heart? Do they understand that taking the step and, and ending gender-based violence also means that we need to be intersectional in our feminism, that we need to unlearn what we've been taught about patriarchy. We need to unlearn what we've been taught and, and made to believe about ourselves. We need to unlearn the philosophies around women and that we need to see ourselves and see victims or survivors for what they are and what they've been through. And more importantly, shift that blame onto the perpetrators. So in closing, there are many cases out there as just like these two DJs. And I understand, it took me a while, but I understand why a lot of people won't come out and speak out, because it means disrupting their space. And, and, and we're not gonna go on to that attacking, well, you, you, know, you didn't say this, you didn't say that, I've been there, I've done that, the backlash has come, and that's just creating another level of trauma, but still not addressing the issue of people really showing solidarity. So if you're worried about that bag and you're worried about that job or what people are going to think, then show solidarity in another level. Activism isn't for everybody. The abusers have power. They have the money. They have the resources. The victim or survivors might have some of those resources, but remember, they're dealing with that on top of all the trauma, on top of all the victimization, 
on top of the fact that they don't feel safe anymore because South African police have now, have now shared their personal details and contact details, such as address and telephone numbers with the public. Think about that. If you want to show support with, without making it public, you know, send us a DM. There are many warriors who have been supporting this. We're all online. Uh, if not for this case, for other cases, if you want to support on a legal level, because that, that is one of the main factors where perpetrators are winning, because our system protects them, and they know that, and they know how to get around that. There's a psychosocial support. Counseling helps some, but then some people might need more intensive type of support through psychology or, or, or psychiatric help. And there's nothing wrong with getting that help, but also that help comes at a high cost and high prices. And as we know, most NGO spaces are running on shoestring budgets and often can only offer up to six treatments. Now, depending on the severity of your case, six treatments might not even touch sides. So this, this, this problem affects us all. But how we react to it is on your terms. If you don't want to go public and you're scared and you're worried and you know the spaces that you're in will not protect you, fine, find another way. Speak to the relevant activists, the relevant feminists who have been pushing this. Because collectively, we need to end patriarchy. Collectively, we need to unlearn what we've been taught. We need to change the narrative and start looking at the perpetrators. Thanks for listening.